everybody. We are back with a new episode of Working It Out. We're we're still going. We're uh, we're going strong. Uh, I'm doing now. I'm doing the podcast, and I'm on tour at the same time. Uh, a lot of people have been asking on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok whether or not I will still continue to do the podcast. And uh, I love the podcast. I gotta say, I love I love doing the podcast um, for reasons like uh, meeting my guests today. Uh, but I'm I'm on tour. Uh, be aware, I'll be in Boston, my hometown, uh, Chicago, Madison, Milwaukee, Denver. My guest today will be in a lot of those cities as well. Uh, this is someone. Uh, it's a very unique guest. It's a comedian who I literally came across on Instagram because uh, she makes these really uh, funny and original videos uh, with excellent dancing choreography and absurdism. She makes them with her grandmother and her husband. And I went down this sort of Atsuko Akatsuka rabbit hole of her career and realized, oh, she does stand-up at Largo in Los Angeles. That's one of my favorite places to do stand-up, and she's on tour right now. She's wildly popular, and I commented on one of her videos that it should be a movie, like it should be expanded out into a feature film. And then I just asked her to come on the podcast, and then here we are. Uh, We talk about uh, her tour. We talk about the idea of what a movie scenario of one of these shorts uh, could be if it was blown out, and uh, and we we have a great slow round. So enjoy my conversation with the great Atsuko Akatsuka. I think one of my favorite videos of yours is when it's like you're dancing in the kitchen to an Ariana Grande song, and then next to you is your grandmother maybe on a stool or, like, a bucket or something low, and she's playing, like, drums, sticks of some kind on your husband's shoulder slash head, and he's holding a watermelon for no reason. That's my favorite one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that stick is actually, like, to get knots out of your back. Oh. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of a ritual, like a thing my grandma does for my husband. She loves caretaking, and, you know, she introduced that stick to my husband, and he he loved it. And so I guess a lot of our videos is like, if you just walked in on us, that would be what we were up to kind <laughs> of thing. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Oh, yeah. It's interesting because, like, I saw you announce your tour. You're going to, like, a ton of cities I'm going to. I'm going to Chicago and Boston, so are you. And, but then I saw, I saw that your grandmother and your husband are in the artwork, and then I was like, wait, are they on the tour? Oh, you know, Mike, there's, well, so husband is coming with, grandma is 86. Yeah, yeah, she's 86. You know, so she's, we all had to be real about it. She, yeah. she is a part of the show. Yeah. Um, but my 86-year-old grandma will not be in Providence yeah. or Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does your husband perform in the show? Does he appear in the show? He initially, you know, there was a point, Mike, I don't know how your pandemic has been where, like, for a second there, I thought maybe I could try being a singer. <laughs> I don't know. Did you? Have oh, that's exactly like, like my that? pandemic. That's exactly like my pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a great mic setup and like headphones, <laughs> nice headphones. You know, oh, I don't thanks. know, and you have a nice voice. Oh, thanks. It wouldn't be so wild if you told me that like you did write a song or two. I've written songs before, but I've never been able to 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 sing them sincerely. They always it's end hard, up being right? hu- humorous humorous songs. I wrote a song like for my first comedy album called Guitar Guy at the Party, which mm-hmm. is like a silly song on Two Drink Mike. But no, I've never I've never sung earnestly. What would it take? What would it take? Honestly, it would take like I I, I was talking with Rachel Bloom on this podcast about how I, for the last few years I've been writing a musical off and on called Please Stop the Ride. And and I feel like if I wrote that, I think then I would I would be forced to sing. Sometimes in these like when I make sure. movies and things, I get boxed into situations where it's like, well, the character I wrote takes his shirt off. 
So guess who's <laughs> taking his shirt off? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah. And that's what I meant too. Like, what would it take for you to sing earnestly, to sing a dramatic song, perhaps? You know, where you're vulnerable. You know, uh, you know, a best friend's wedding. You know,、uh, someone's funeral, where they say, you know, this person really want Mike Birbiglia to sing、um, Amazing Grace. Oh wow! Yeah, if, if I were asked to sing "Amazing Grace" at a at a close friend's <laughs> funeral, I would I would do it. Of course, I think that that's、yeah. that. Yeah, no, I would do that.、Um, do you like when I watch your videos? I'm just like, and I I very rarely have this thought when I watch, you know, videos that people put on YouTube or Instagram. But I think like, oh, this should be a movie. Like, have you considered writing your your these characters of yourself and your grandmother and your husband as a feature film? Because I feel like it's it's like already it feels like halfway there. I know. I would like to think that too. And I, I've tried for sure, for sure. I started in independent filmmaking, actually. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, I, I saw your comment about particularly the watermelon Ariana Grande、yes. one it being a feature film, and I wondered, I wondered what that story would be <laughs> besides besides three people hanging out in a kitchen. Yeah, well, I think it would be <laughs> honestly, it would be、um, what occurred to me when I was looking at your tour schedule was. Was some kind of a road movie with the three of you sharing a car、oh. across the country, because there is some kind of scenario where. You know, maybe the three of you are a, a family of sorts, and and you're the you're sort of having to figure out how to bring in a financial revenue, and the only way to do it is to tour, and you so you hit the road together, and I feel like、yeah. I feel like that's the beginning of something. For sure, I guess you know you see a lot of families on TV,、uh, and not that our family is that much more unconventional, but kind of yeah, it's you know. A woman two generations older than us, you know, and then my white husband and me, you know,、yeah. it's、uh, what are we doing together? <laughs> what is this trio? I think that what you'd have to figure out is sort of like what what is the what is sort of the main event? Where is it, where is it going? And then you'd build backwards. But I think, like in terms of like your, the three of you are so charming on camera, and <laughs> and there's the musical component, which is you're a great dancer. And、uh, and you have a great eye for the absurd, and so I feel like a lot of the staging and and、uh, and shots could be really interesting. And I, I don't know, I just sort of feel like you could write from that point of view. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, well, my grandma recently just revealed to us that she had bought her the plot of land she wants to be buried at. Oh my gosh! Wow. And you know, I would I just thought I would be a part of it. <laughs> so I was,、uh, you know. She's my best friend, and she had gone and did this without me. Wow! And、uh, so I said, "Okay, where where are you getting buried?" And I, I'd never heard of the place. I mean, I have. It's Agora Hills. It's somewhere we never go. My grandma's never been there,、um, so it's just this place. She said it, it was a discount. It was cheap. And that's why she chose it, but、yeah. something like that, where it's like maybe she just bought a plot of land, like in like Hamden, Connecticut. Sure. And, and then, and then、so、you go to drive, and then you're driving there together. Yeah, just to see it、yeah. to be like, well, we want to be a part of the decision, like, right? Who's Hamden to us, you know? Abs-、um, absolutely, and also like, and also maybe she won't reveal to you why she chose that place, and along the way, you sort of like are learning more and more about her. And then、yeah. it leads to something that is sort of like、right. a, a, a zoom out reveal about your grandmother. You, you don't know. You thought you knew everything. And when we do show up to the place, right? There's a funeral going on, and comedian Mike Birbiglia is <laughs> indeed singing <laughs> "Amazing Grace,", Grace.、Yeah. earnestly. Earnestly. Well, no, of course. If you'd asked me to, I would. Yeah, yeah. What happened here? Well, his best friend passed, and that was his favorite song. <laughs> Why do I feel like, like this is going to come back to haunt me? <laughs> <laughs> Roll the tape. <laughs> What was your day job before you became a comedian? That was most、um, that you miss most. I don't know. We were supposed to miss them. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were supposed to miss them. 
I didn't know. Yeah, well, I did teach like um, cinema at community college. Wow. That was kind of fun. I did that. Mostly it was just showing movies and talking about them, and then I would have them write a paper on it. What would you assign as a film to watch? What would you teach? Oh. What would you teach? Which films? Yeah, I showed like, oh, The Great Dictator. Oh, that's a good one. I showed, um, I just called it kind of rain, like The Act of Killing. Oh, The Act <laughs> of Killing's amazing. One? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, those those were some of the movies I showed. And then I think I showed this like Czech movie called Daisies one time. And um, it's it's like supposed to be like, a, like a modernist film, right? Like, uh, uh, and uh, it's it's kind of hard to, it's wild. It's kind of like all over the place, very experimental. Uh, I had three kids come to my office during it, begging me to stop it. They're like, really? please stop this movie. Please, I can't take it oh anymore. Gosh. Yeah. How did you, how, did you start in Los Angeles as a comic? Yeah, yeah. I've really only lived here besides Japan. So it just kind of was, Perfect that stand-up comedy existed heavily here in L.A. When did you move? When, I, when did you move from Japan? I moved here when I was 10, and then I just did the whole school thing. And then um, when I wanted to try doing stand-up, it was just cool that, you know, hey, L.A., that's a good place to start comedy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what, did, what did you, is your stand-up now similar to what it was when you started? No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh I wonder if anyone's is. I bet some people know themselves so well that it it it's always been the same. But I used to do this like super deadpan like a, a character almost. Yeah. Same. Where I same. Would, I was a very two-dimensional version of myself early on. Yeah, yeah. Were you like um so okay, so what w- like how did you talk? So mine would be like I would be, like, definitely a less intelligent version of myself, a more sort of uh, wide-eyed and kind of like, oh, like, looking at the world. Oh, my God, what's happening, you know? Whereas <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I found over the years I found that to just be a little disingenuous compared to how I feel. It's like there's a rule in improv, which is, like, play to the height of your intelligence. And I think that that's, like, I think it's, mm. it's wise. In general, it's just a good rule of thumb in comedy. Yeah, wow. What was your yeah, I've never, what was your I've never what heard was, that. What was your early version of yourself? Um, I would talk very like meek and just <laughs> economy of words. Yeah. And like that, just kind of a whisper. Yeah. Uh, I would let the silence just kind of exist more. Yeah. Um, but it was hard to uh talk about bigger things that mattered to me yeah. if in that style. Yeah. You know, because then five minutes is up uh, after you've spoken only 20 words. This is a, th- <laughs> this is a thing we do called the slow round, which is um, just a que- questions about memories. And like, do you, have a, do you have a memory from childhood where you think about it sometimes, but it's not a story you tell. It's just sort of a thing that's on a loop sometimes in your brain. Uh, there is this, when I was a kid in Japan, I remember pretending to uh, fall asleep um, when there were a bunch of adults around me and they were all chatting and ignoring me and they were having a great time. And there was a futon because we slept on the floor, uh, uh, a blanket on the ground. So I decided to crawl in it and then just pretend to fall asleep. And the whole room went quiet. The whole room went silent because they were watching me and <laughs> I could feel it and they were started talking about me. Oh, look, she fell asleep. Oh my God, she's so tired. Oh, oh look at her. And I, I, I loved that attention. And so I just kept pretending to be asleep um, until they started just talking about whatever again. Yeah. And then I just got up because I was like, okay, it's not about me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, I remember that and I kind of think about it a lot because I was like, wow, that's a... Maybe that was the first time I, I acted, you know? Do you think of yourself as like an extrovert and an introvert? I think I'm an, I'm an extrovert in that, like, I really like people, even if it sounds of people. Yeah. I never want to live somewhere where I can't hear sounds of humans, like, I, I know living. You, I know what you mean. I feel like that's actually one of the things I really miss 
in in you know in the lockdown of the last you know two years is like is like I like just going to cafes and writing and just being around folks. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say something. I don't know why I had put it in my head. That I thought you were going to be like, that's something I miss ever since I've made so much money. I live in like oh the God. hills and <laughs> oh God, I can't no. hear city life. <laughs> well, you know, some people do, right? Like as they get richer and richer, they right, right, live in right. the mountains. Right. Um, I was talking to Randall Park and he was asking me what like hobbies or in- anything new I picked up during the pandemic and uh, I said, oh, trying to plant lettuce. And he was like, yeah, yeah, me too. It's like figuring out. And he talked about having to fix like his jacuzzi or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just different where I was like, I can't, I can't relate to that. And how many people does it fit? He's like, oh, like 40. And I was like, anyway, not to make fun of rich people. I'm just um, going back to, you know, living in the hills. You can't hear people either. But well, yes, during the pandemic, we also didn't hear people. It was funny because... My wife and I saw the, it was the American premiere, I think, at Lincoln Center of Parasite. And we saw the with the director. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho, yeah. And, and he said, in, in the Q&A at the end of it, he said, they said, where did you write the movie? And he said, I wrote it in cafes, you know, because I, mm, I like mm-hmm. writing in multiple cafes per day. And I, I, and my wife and I felt so vindicated by that because we were like, here's this major movie. It's like a huge budget movie. And he just wrote yeah. it in cafes like us. You know what right. I mean? Like there's something yeah. about just the simplicity of just like writing in cafes. That I just really, I adore it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we can't super quite do that yet. I mean, it depends on where you are, I guess. Um, but in LA, yeah, it's... Yeah, I think people haven't been able to do that yet. That's why, you know, we're not churning out scripts, Mike, as, you know, <laughs> like we used to. <laughs> not in this town. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you have a smell from childhood that you remember, like, really good or really bad? I do. I do have a smell that I remember. Um, my grandma went through a phase where she would bring home wounded animals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a I don't phase, know. a phase. It was wild. It was a weird <laughs> time in Japan where one time it was a sick bird and another time it was a praying mantis. Oh my gosh, no. That she had battled. No. Trying to bring it home. And so I hear banging on the door kind of like you did with Wait, your I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to, I'm going to, we're going to break this apart because yeah. was the praying mantis wounded like the bird or no? No, no, I, no, the, so the praying mantis was fine until my grandma decided it's coming home with me. And so of course the praying mantis fought for its life. Oh my because gosh. Because he doesn't, he belongs outside, not of course. wherever she was going to take it, which was our place. He's praying, leave him be. <laughs> Yes, that's what I said. So, you know, we, I just, I'm just at home after school and I hear the door banging. Open the door, open the door, I'm hurt. And so I open the door, my grandma's like panting, sweating in a panic. And there's this smell. There's a smell from her hands. And well, she's bleeding, but also, I guess like praying mantises have this um, like oily secretion, I think, when it's like fighting a predator. Yeah, sure. Which is, you know, was a, a grandma at yeah. that time, a whole grandma. Um, and so <laughs> that smell was really intense. I'd never, um, I'd never smelled anything like it before. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's like a mix of blood and praying mantis secretion. I remember seeing a praying mantis when I lived in, when I went to college in Washington, D.C., and mm-hmm. it was like in our windowsill one day. And it's yeah. just, a, it's a sight to behold, the praying mantis, because it's so it precarious, but it's also so strong. They're so strong. Oh, my God. And they, I think most praying mantises you see are female ones. Oh, okay. Because the female ones eat the male one. Right, after. right, right. That's the famous thing about them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's their, that's their move. Yeah, I mean, but that's... Their move is they eat the men. <laughs> yes, and then, which is a strong move because... Oh, um, of course. You're eating your body's size, pretty much. Oh, my God. In yeah. one sitting. 
as, yeah. as a new it's mother. It's like if my wife ate me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't think is out of the question. <laughs> and I don't. I think there's a. I think there's a universe where my wife decides to eat me at a certain point, and we call it a day. And everyone goes, "Where'd Mike go?" And it's like he had a good run. He made a couple movies, and then his wife ate him. And it's a crazy story. Well, the wildest part is for then for your wife to not even have like feel a thing about it after that. <laughs> <laughs> no remorse. Yes, that's how a praying mantis is. There's a lot. I there. bet. I bet your wife would think like a few times about it at least, like, cause yeah, yeah, she'll be like, oh wait, oh he's not here anymore. Right. Right. He did used to make some of those jokes. Right, right. Oh, Mike. Oh, wait. <laughs> I ate him. Yeah, like I bet she'll. <laughs> I bet she'll have a few moments right. like that for a while. And I also feel like it's, it would be it would be hard for her to to get a new uh, spouse because they would go, "What happened to your last spouse?" Right. And yeah. she would have to be honest and say, "Well, yeah, I ate him." Right, and like not to mention. She probably won't be hungry for, what, a month? I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, anyway. You have a great, I, I feel like I'm going to botch the line, but I, I think it's in your stand-up where you said my parents met on a game show, which is why I was raised by my grandmother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did, they did uh, meet on one. Are they still together? No, they they got divorced like a year in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you still see both of them? I do. My mom, my so my grandma takes care of my mom. My mom has schizophrenia. Oh wow. Um, uh, it's just less funny to say that's why my grandma raised me. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I lot. do talk about it now. Yeah. I've started to my in my tour. I talk about it for the first time, really, um, but. Uh, and then my dad lives in Bali, so when I get a chance, you know. Right. After uh, when this, you're uh, when you're on your way to. <laughs> yeah, when I'm when casually. You're, when you're on your way to the Maldives. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. The equator, or you know, Australia. <laughs> Green, I think all of that. <laughs> Maldives. I don't actually even know where Maldives is. No, I was just throwing out really far destinations. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've only seen like like Maroon Five go to the Maldives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so your dad's in Bali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's there. So I try to see him whenever I can. Did you when you were growing up? Was there a group that excluded you uh, in school that it drove you crazy? <laughs> it it did. Yes, that did happen. Yeah, right. Didn't it happen to all of us? You're like, no. Some people say no. Some people say teams. no. Some people say no. It definitely happened to me, for sure, yeah, for for sure. Yeah, strangely enough, at first it was, and this this is complex, but at first it was the Asian Americans that didn't want to hang out with me, and I think it's because I was very immigrant, and so I, I came on campus, like, I was like Hello Kitty top, Hello Kitty bottom, I was just matching Hello Kitty stuff everywhere, sure. you know. And they were like, no, 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 please don't. Like, we just stopped getting bullied. Oh, my know? God, that's so funny. Does that, does <laughs> that make sense? We just stopped getting bullied. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they were, like, wearing cool clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, whatever was uh, trendy at that time, not, you know, Tokyo airport clothes or whatever. And then learning about what happened way later, right? Like, oh, yeah, they were getting picked on and... You know, that's why racism sucks is <laughs> because they wanted to fit in. So they didn't they excluded me. But it's not their fault. It's the people that picked on them, you know. Working it out today is sponsored by Spindrift. Uh, you know, I love Spindrift. I got some good Spindrift Berbiglia news uh, the makers of Spindrift Sparkling Water are holding a sweepstakes in support of my upcoming shows in Boston at the Wilbur Theater, October 17th through 21st. So Spindrift will be selecting a winner at random and flying that person and a guest, wait for it, to Boston to see my show Thursday, October 21st. 
You can come backstage. You can say hello. You can drink my personal <laughs> green room spin drifts. My brother Joe wrote that. Uh, these winners will also receive a night at the amazing W Hotel right across the street from the theater. That seems good. The winners will also receive a $400 Visa gift card for dinner and whatever else you want to buy in Boston. And a three-month supply of Spindrift delivered to your home. All you do is register at drinkspindrift.com slash burbigs for more details. A winner will be selected this week, October 8th. This is all very soon. <laughs> do it right away. No purchase necessary. This sweepstakes is void where prohibited, and it's awesome everywhere. Thank you, Spindrift, for supporting my tour and being awesome. Working It Out is brought to you by Helix Mattresses. We love having the support of Helix Mattresses over at Working It Out. It's not just me that makes Working It Out. We got Peter. We got Mabel. We got Kate. We got Seth. We got Joe. I think we all have Helix Mattresses. Um, I think I might get in trouble for saying that, but I think I'm almost certain. <laughs> I know I do. Uh, I love it. My family loves it. Uh, you could get one of your own helixsleep.com slash for bigs. Take their two minute sleep quiz. They'll match you with a customized mattress that'll give you the best darn sleep of your life. They were awarded number one best overall mattress in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. They have free shipping and a 10 year warranty. What, what is this voice? Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our working out listeners at helixsleep.com slash burbigs. So I have material I'm working on, and you're welcome to share material you're working on as well. Um, tell me what you're drawn to, because I have a bunch of stuff written down. I have stuff about swimming. I have Ooh. stuff about sleepwalking. I have stuff about protein shakes, and I have stuff about coffee and stuff about sharks. <laughs> What's What appeals oh to you? gosh. And cats. Oh. I have something about cats, too. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about swimming. Okay. So there's a lot of swimming in the new show. And um, because I, it was this thing where I, I, as a child, I went to the YMCA pool a lot, and I never wanted to go back. And <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm never going back. But then a couple, few years ago, I was diagnosed with a few things, and the doctor said, hey— you should go back and swim at the YMCA pool. And so I was swimming about one or two days a week. And I started to enjoy it. And my, my favorite part about swimming is that it f- feels a little bit like magic, like your body floats in the water, like sort of, like the human body has neutral buoyancy, which is the name of my band. There's, <laughs> there's 30 of us and we make dolphin sounds for stress relief. We, we also play parties <laughs> where people want to celebrate medium-sized holidays. And... Um, <laughs> My second favorite part about swimming is that no one can talk to you and you can't talk to anyone. There's no phones or emails or calendars. In some ways, there's no time until you get out of the water and your family says, where were you? And you say, on a very important phone call. (laughs) Wow, so poetic, so beautiful. Oh, thanks. Oh, it's so funny. Thanks, it's getting there. It's so visual, too. And, like, I was physically there. So, you know, the the way you described it is, like, I think I really liked it, too, because it's what I want swimming to be when I'm able to swim peacefully. Yeah. It should be that way, not not, just frantic the way I do it right now, which is dog paddling and getting really tired. Completely. Yeah, I I describe it in the show as, like, like, when I started swimming... It looked like if you dropped a blender in a swimming pool. Like, uh-huh. I'm, ble- like I'm blending the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a shark attack with no shark. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, oh, So then I have this, which is um, uh, I like to kick off the wall and then swim underwater because I can pretend I'm, I'm deep sea diving or swimming fast or even just swimming. <laughs> And then I and then I go. Uh, this is sort of like in a different direction, but it's like I go one day I'm swimming at the Y, and there weren't enough lanes for everyone to have their own. So someone crashed into me, and I say she crashed into me because I think in order to crash you need to be moving, and I was sort of idling, <laughs> and then uh, and then she crashed into me, and then I apologized profusely to her for uh, existing. I guess I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm alive. 
I wish I could just be a beam of light so I could be present but take up no space. Um, but I always apologize profusely. That way there's no ambiguity as to whether or not I apologize. No one can be like, you didn't apologize. I'd be like, you didn't hear that? It was profusely. <laughs> That's sort of a zoom out about my sort of like thing about apologizing, which is that, uh, do you apologize a lot? I, I read up on this online. I was like, oh, wait, this is a whole thing. People who apologize, people who apologize a lot, it shows weakness. It shows, yeah, you know, yeah. insecurity, all these things. It's a big tell on my part that I apologize profusely. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then that's a great way to acknowledge it without it being like, you know, um, this thing that makes... Because some of us, I think, feel guilty about doing that, you know, apologizing a lot. And so uh, that was so great that it was just a play on just like, I did it profusely. <laughs> um. Do you have material? Do you have any material you're working on? Well, I've been prepping for this hour show, this 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 tour, and so you know, I haven't super like, yeah, you know, there's of of course new bits, but then it's a lot of like, oh, I think I'm gonna cut that out, you know, I cut out this thing about, <laughs> I cut out this thing because I wanted it to be a little more evergreen than just like Delta times. Sure, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, it was just about going to this young hip bar slash club, thinking they would be more forgiving (laughs) because after all, a lot of people have died and, uh, but there was still a dress code. (laughs) That's funny. You know, there was still a dress code and the dress code is you just have to look cold. And I somehow, <laughs> right. I somehow slid in and, you know, I'm not that old, but for this bar, right. It was just everyone in there was like young, hot, horny, fresh vibes. And <laughs> I was just there, you know, giving off UTI vibes. <laughs> <laughs> the point is like a dress code during Delta, you know, how about just anyone who's made it is allowed. <laughs> But, oh, that's very funny. <laughs> so there, there's this there's this part where I talk about like you know um, like well I say I almost lost myself during the pandemic you know I really almost did um, like I really thought I was gonna start planting lettuce <laughs> so it's it's about that right yeah, like yeah. and how my husband had to remind me that that's not my personality yeah you know. He he stopped me and was like, "Hey, like I think that's someone else's interest." Yeah, yeah. And it was so deep, you know, because you just think you should do whatever you saw other people doing, like on Instagram. Right. You think, oh, maybe that's my personality too, and it doesn't have to be. Right. In fact, maybe it's you really don't like doing that. <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. But save yourself the time and try to know your, like, it's okay to know your interests. Yeah. And then realizing that, like, I, like, what are my interests? And it's like, I don't think I particularly have any. (laughs) Yes. You know? But that's also a personality, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so that's, you know, that, that's something that I'm, talking about. And then I thought of a time where um, I had to emcee this Japanese American community event where people were going to do like demonstrations and performances of the Japanese culture. And this guy, Jeffrey Wheeler, was going to do a samurai kendo swordsmanship demonstration. Okay. And it's just like about how like when I was bringing him up, I mispronounced the Japanese word in his bio. <laughs> so he corrected me and like I got like pretty sour about it. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, well, like, who are you? Like, who's this white guy? You know, like doing like samurai kendo. I got really defensive. Yeah. And I watched him do his thing. And um, he was incredible. And he like even like intimidated me. He made me a part of his act. And so it was like a lot of like up and down emotions about like <laughs> feeling embarrassed and yeah. like being impressed by him at the same time to even feeling sorry for him at one point because yeah. his his demonstration was insane. And he was like, he would blindfold himself and like take out bamboo trees and like cut them straight in half. Yeah. Um, 
He would do like cartwheels. He he was going wild, yeah. you know. Yeah. He was going wild. He had like so much to prove. And then I found out he owns a dojo, even a kendo dojo. Oh wow! In little Tokyo, and I just joked that like I picture him waking up every morning, looking himself in the mirror, and he has to. Convince himself, yes, I'm Jeffrey Wheeler, the Kendo Dojo owner of Little Tokyo. You know, I'm Jeffrey Wheeler, Kendo Dojo owner of Little Tokyo. You know, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a samurai. Like I didn't let my race stop me. You know, and then you know, I just say like, I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, you know, and I'm already halfway where he wants to be. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> Japanese, whatever. It's very like. Maybe it's a lot about race, but the whole point is, I realized like, why was I so mad? Like, why、yeah. was I so mad? I have no interest in kendo. Yeah, I have no. He has more than an interest in kendo. He's dedicated his life to it. Yeah, you know, and like, here's this white guy carrying on an 800 year old tradition. Wow. So that I don't have to. You know. <laughs> so that I don't have to. That's great. <laughs> so I don't. But that's something that. I don't. I don't know. Do you think it's like too long-winded to go in after a silly thing like lettuce? Oh, I think it's really funny. I think it's like, yeah, it's like it's examining like why am I so mad about this thing? Right. I guess my question would just be like, what were the? Was there like a a point a dialogue point between you where he said like, hey, <laughs> I really wish that you had said this correctly. Right. Well, he just kind of like screamed it. He just went, "It's Eido." It, it might be funny if you were like, if you're in the bit, you're imagining like, and I was tempted to be like, "By the way, he's not Japanese." <laughs> like you could really sell him out like hard at the front if you'd wanted to. Right, 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 right. By the way, his name is Jeffrey Wheeler. <laughs> This guy's name is Jeffrey Wheeler. <laughs> That I had every right to do that to him, and I didn't. I could have. I could have stuck a samurai sword straight through his act. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so funny. <laughs> so, in some ways, you're like the you're you're the virtuous person in the story because you you meant well, and you didn't you didn't take him down. Yeah, I'm very nice until someone's like. What the fuck are you doing? And then I'm like, oh well, you know, like honestly, like what? You're not even supposed to be here. Like I'm that kind of person. Yes, yes. There's a there. Yeah, it's like it's your breaking point. <laughs> yeah, we're going. Oh well, you know what? This isn't even like your culture stuff. Like stuff I would. I didn't even care about. I didn't、yes. care if it was a white guy. I did not. It was when he embarrassed me, and I was like, oh shit, he's right. Like I mispronounced. A Japanese word, and I know <laughs> Japanese. Like I felt so embarrassed. That's yeah, why、yeah. I got mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's kind of not his fault either. <laughs> I like that though. I think that's a fun story. Yeah, yeah, and、um, <laughs> well, and I say like you know I acknowledge way in the end that what he did, like what I witnessed, wasn't racism. And then I say, what would have been racist is if Jeffrey Wheeler, during his kendo swordsmanship demonstration, like messed up and fell to the ground and couldn't go on anymore, <laughs> and the entire crowd looked to me, right, <laughs> to、yes. see if I, <laughs> to see if、right. I would just pick up where he left right, off. Right, 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 right. That's very funny. <laughs> Um, that that that's when it would be wrong, but him just taking interest in something—that's not. You、wrong. could also point out that <laughs> that's very funny. The also like you could also point out that like if you were,、uh, you know, because you're Japanese and he's not, like even if you were a quarter as good as he is with the sword stuff, people would be like, <laughs> she's better actually. No, exactly, exactly, and that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's also <laughs> and that's, and that's also、right. wrong, and that's also wrong. That might be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. That might be fun. That every <laughs> twist and turn is like, and that's also wrong. Right, 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 exactly. The only right answer here is like, yeah, that I shouldn't even be near a sword. <laughs> I think there's a joke to be had about like. About like in this moment where we're where we're breaking apart cultural appropriation, like this guy is has a lot of gall. <laughs>、uh-huh.
It's like his name is Jeffrey Wheeler and he's on stage with samurai swords. Like, I, I just got to take my hat off to this guy. It's like, you do you. If that's you, that's you. Because, like, you know people are going to come after that so hard. Right. No, I know. I know. It's true. That's why I want to be kind of gentle with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm like, he had to get really good because he had those haters. Yes. You know, he had oh, haters growing up being like, you're Jeffrey Wheeler. What are you going to do? He opened a dojo. That's how much he wanted it. Right. You Maybe it's like, he loves Japanese culture more than me. Who am I to say he can't honor Japanese culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to support <laughs> we need to support cultural <laughs> appropriation. We're not <laughs> protecting it enough. Yes. 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 What? Why? Because I'm you know, because I look like this, I have to do kendo. Yeah. You know, why 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 I gotta drink green tea? I like that. I think it's fun. I think it's funny to turn on itself that you become the protector of cultural appropriation <laughs> because he's so good at it. You're like, well, credit where it's due. Working it out is brought to you by Bombas socks. Oh, I love my Bombas socks. So comfy, so charitable. <laughs> That's. I don't know if they're looking for slogans, but I just, I, I give, I, I I worked out a slogan for them. So comfy, so charitable. Uh, they're so comfy, I wear, they're the only socks I wear. And then uh, for every pair of Bombas socks you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need. They've donated, I did an episode about this last year, but they've donated over 45 million pairs so far. I love this company. Uh they're they're stitched with special moisture wicking yarn, which of course I know all about. Uh, temperature regulating vents. Oh yeah, I got them. I got them all over my house. And the they, uh, if you want your own Bombas socks, which you should, go to bombas.com slash burbigs today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash burbigs for 20% off. Working It Out is also sponsored by Rothy's Shoes. I'm really excited about this because I got, they sent me some. They sent me the, the, you'll see on the website, if you go on their site, I got the white ones with the red stripe on the side. And I'll be honest, I've gotten a lot more sneaker compliments than I have in the last decade. It has really changed my sneaker game. They got sneakers. They got men's driving load first. Loafers, how did I get that wrong? They just launched premium merino wool shoes for the fall. Wool shoes? Holy cow. Rothy's men's shoes, this is one of my favorite parts. They're made from 100% recycled materials. Even the laces. To help kick off the fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. They gave us a chance to give you, the listeners, a discount. You can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash burbigs. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash burbigs. Head to rothys.com slash burbigs to find your new favorite shoes today. And now, back to the show. This is another bit I'm working on, which is um, is uh, about coffee. Are you a coffee drinker? I'm not, but my husband is. I want to hear coffee. All right. Coffee is, um, you know, I drink a lot of coffee, and I know it's, you're not supposed to, but but caffeine can have positive medical effects as well. Like if you dip your toe in some coffee studies, you see there's evidence that coffee could possibly help you live longer and be less likely to develop Parkinson's disease. And that study was conducted by the Starbucks Foundation for Find Me Some Goddamn Statistics That Say Coffee's Good For You. <laughs> the negative effects of coffee are that it can cause insomnia, nervousness, restlessness, nausea, increased heart rate, anxiety, and irregular heartbeats. That study was done by me reading my journal. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that's what I'm working on. If I, I want to I throw that on stage and see if it, yeah. if it does anything. Because if it does, I think it definitely ties into the sort of like the health element of the show I'm working on. Yes, how like, I mean, are, yeah, either of those so- sources are so questionable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Both, yeah, that's a great point. Both of, both of the sources are very questionable, very biased. Yeah, I want to, okay, I want to hear Shark. Okay, I'll tell you Shark. 
I don't think I'm suicidal, but every now and then I imagine myself walking into the ocean and getting eaten by a shark. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> it's not the worst way to go. And I, But then I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm actually not right because it actually is one of the worst ways to go. Just like bleeding out from your neck while your guts get eaten by a fish that didn't have you as its first choice. <laughs> it's not even enjoying you. A shark eating a human is like a human being eating a bologna sandwich. <laughs> I forget that we're not the preferred food, for sure. It's like something we did wrong, like we startled it, and that's why it's like, oh, yeah. I gotta eat it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The only reason like people even get eaten by sharks is because they like stepped on the shark. Yeah, but then I also like that they also have to complete the act. Like they have to say, oh, great. Now I have to eat this thing that I'm not, I don't even like that much. Like you don't have to eat it though, you know, as the shark. Like, right. You can, you can be pissed and just bite it and be like, get off me. Like you scared me. Right. But like to have to then now like, okay, now I have to eat you. Right. It's like you don't have to, it, shark. Maybe that's like, the turn from where sharks become malicious. Where they eat, oh. they eat you, and they don't even, they don't even like you. Right, right. They're like, well, it's part of my monster personality. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I have to. It's my also persona. It's my persona. It's my persona, right? It's and like then, Atsuko's early stage persona. It's deadpan. Right. So as, <laughs> as the yeah, as the person, it's extra shitty. Where it's like, oh fuck, like I don't even have a chance, and then he's not even enjoying me. That's a funny thing about sharks too. Is the sharks are sort of deadpan in a way. They like they they, they are they kill you and they're not I, that animated about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which is how your wife has to act when she <laughs> when she, she eats you, me. If she doesn't, if she doesn't want to get caught <laughs> easily. You and I are going to be in a race to take that joke. No, you take that. I don't even know I what it was about. I think you should do that. No, I think it was... It was or getting, oh, the praying mantis. I think you should do the praying mantis. I think you should put that on stage. <laughs> but what if all my examples include, like, you in it now? You in the scenario? <laughs> <laughs> That's like if Mike Birbiglia's wife ate Mike Birbiglia. I'm like, what? I thought I came in an Osco show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. What about this? Sh- oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, keep going. Do, do you have anything else? Or I, I can do more bits or, or what else you got? No, you do. No, do do cat. Okay. So cat is a little bit visual, but I'll try to, okay, I'll try okay. to give this I'm to you a little bit. I'm watching My eyes are here. I feel like cats must be very judgmental when they see human beings taking showers. They're like, you're going to do it like that? You're going to use that much water? <laughs> no, that's fine. You could do it like that. Or you could do it like this. <laughs> Done. <laughs> it's just me doing licking all my whole body. <laughs> For the listeners at home. And only Otsuko knows about it. It's so good. My, produ- my producers were like, I don't know if you should do that. It's too visual. But I'm like, no, no. It's an audio joke. <laughs> yeah, you just Done. you just picture exactly. It's a lot of People get yeah, the idea. licking and licking. Well, and then that's that's why they get the furball thing, right? The hairball and the... They, that's why they choke so much. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. They get, yeah. get hairballs. They spit up. If you have a cat, which I do, I have a cat, Mazzy. She, yeah, oh. she spit... Yeah, every yeah, every now and then. She spits up like a big ball and it looks like throw up, but it's actually like condensed fur. Yeah. And who's laughing now? You Who, know? Exactly. Who's laughing now? Yeah. If you really wanted to get wild or ruin the joke, you could come back to the... <laughs> Now it's now it's the human watching the cat, you know, choking on the hairball, and it's uh, it's like, oh, you're really gonna? Sh- is that how you're gonna do it? Is that how you're gonna shower? I don't have. Oh, a, I like I that. Don't have a punchline. Oh, that's yet. great. Oh, that's nice. I see what you're saying. So so you go like, <laughs> you know, done. And then you know, then a few days later, my cat's like throwing up this hairball, and I'm like, oh, is that how you do it? You just throw up every every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, I yeah. do is I shut the water off. So the final thing, Atsuko, that we do is um, the the guest chooses a nonprofit that I will uh, contribute to and encourage the listeners to, and I will link to in the show notes. That's right. Um, 
I really love this is LA if that's okay. Please. Um Downtown Women's Center. It's downtownwomenscenter.org. Yes. Yes. Envisions a, a Los Angeles with every woman housed and on a path to personal stability. Yeah. I'm going to contribute to them and I uh and I will encourage listeners to in the link in the show notes as well. Um thank you so much. Thanks Otsuko. Thanks for thanks for doing this and uh and I good luck on your tour. I will I'm I want to send a lot of people to see your tour and I'm I'll try to come when you're in Brooklyn at Bell House. Yes, yes. That would be amazing. Yeah. We'll keep in touch. Thank you so much for having Mike. Uh that was so fun. Working it out. Cause it's not done We're working it out Cause there's no that's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out with Atsuko Akatsuka. You know, you can follow her at on Instagram. That's where I found her. It's at Atsuko Comedy, it's, which is A-T-S-U-K-O Comedy. If you don't know how to spell comedy, you, you, I don't know if you're right for this podcast. Um, you can follow her uh, on tour. She has all of her updates on there. Uh, I would see her live. I know I'm going to see her live when she comes to Brooklyn. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Working It Out. If you're liking the show, give us some stars. Give us a little comment. Give us a little hello. Don't just make it about one single joke that you didn't like from six months ago. Say how your experience of the show is in general. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salomon and Joseph Berbiglia, consulting producer Seth Barish, sound mix by Kate Belinsky, sound recordist Cynthia Daniels, associate producer Mabel Lewis. Thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They're another one. Follow their Instagram. They have photos of them on tour right now that are bananas. They're in a completely extensive Bleachers tour. That is off the hook. It is looks awesome. As always, a special thanks to my wife, Jay Hopestein. Our book, the new one, is in paperback, which is, you know, it, if you haven't read it, it's a real labor of love. We love it. We get it at your local bookstore. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created a radio fort of pillows. Thanks most of all to you. You, wherever you are, who are listening, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We're working it out. Got some big episodes coming up. I'm very excited. See you next time.